was at a place where there there's a distance between uh, them and God. There was a distance there. You see what was going on is they, they had just kind of gotten beaten up by the Philistines. And the Philistines had stole the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant spent about seven months down in the Philistines' land. And, and God came and began to smite them with, with, with certain physical ailments, let's say, and they realize we want this thing out of here. We don't want this thing here. And so what they begin to do is think, well, how do we bring this back up into the land? And somebody said, well, I'll tell you what, you're going to have to bring up an offering if you're going to bring it back. And so they made these golden emeralds and golden mice and jewels and all of these things, and they brought them up up into the land of Israel. And then some of the Israelites came and they met them at a certain, a certain place there in the field of Joshua, it says. And they, they went from there and they took the Ark of the Covenant. And then they took that Ark of the Covenant up to Kirjath-Jerim and they left it there. And the Bible says for 20 years. Now, Brother Jim read this in chapter 7. And they said, they came and fetched up the ark in verse 1. And the Lord brought it to the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord there. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim and that the time was long for it was 20 years and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Watch this here. The ark of the God was back in Israel again. The presence of God was back in Israel again. But there is a problem here. Even though the ark was there, even though the presence of God was there, the, the heart of Israel wasn't there. They had all of the activity going on. They had all of the church service going on. They had the singing going on. They had the offerings going on. But their heart wasn't there. And it says this went on for 20 years and it went on for so long. The Bible says that really here they finally got tired of it. They got tired of their heart away from God. Watch this. They begin to miss God. They begin to miss that sweet relationship. They, re, they begin to miss maybe, the, like we would say it, the days when you first got saved and everything was wonderful and everything was sweet and you're just on this path of obedience and you read the Word and you loved the Word and you obeyed the Word. Man, you were changing things in your life. You were stopping this and starting this and people were scratching their head at you and going, what is wrong with you? And I tell you, all you knew is the joy of the Lord and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You were just loving life. But something happened. And you see here in Israel's life, they're in the same place. Something had happened. Something had crept in. Something had came along and taken their heart. Yes, a lot of it was sin. Just plain old rotten sin. Right? But sometimes there's other things that come into our life. Sometimes there's discouragements. Sometimes there's disappointments. Sometimes there's things that happen that we didn't allow for. And a bitterness sinks in. And sometimes a a distance comes because we begin to think, well, I I didn't think God was going to do this. I didn't think He was going to allow this. I thought it would turn out better than this. And boy, before you know it, before you know it, your heart has drifted from the Lord. Can I tell you I'm so thankful that God is too wise and too powerful to tell us everything that He's doing? Can you imagine with your children at a young age when you said, we're going to do this, and they go, why? And you had to sit down and explain everything that they, watch, that they couldn't even understand? You wouldn't waste your breath. I'm telling you what, if God sat down with half the stuff that He's doing, we couldn't even understand it, friend. 
We couldn't even, but, uh, but unfortunately, instead of trusting him and saying, yes, Lord, so often, I tell you, so often, we let bitterness get in. And eventually, like Israel here, they come to a place, they come to a place where they were tired of the distance. Do you see this? Here in verse uh, 2, And it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim, that the time was long for his twenty years, and the house of the Lord, and, and all the house of, the, of Israel lamented after the Lord. They wanted the Lord. They had missed Him. They had missed Him. And so for some reason, Samuel's, been a, he's the circuit-riding preacher, right? He's going throughout the land preaching. And for some reason, Samuel shows up at this time in verse 3. And Samuel has, is, is, is preaching unto the house of Israel. And Israel is, listen, they're away from God, but they want to know how to get back. Their heart is away from God. They have drifted from God. The joy is gone. The lightness of God, uh, of God is gone. The, the joy of life is gone. And they just want to get back. And Samuel shows up here, and he shows them here in verse 3 what to do. Look at verse 3. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hands of of the Philistines, if you notice the first thing that Samuel addresses is he addresses their heart. Yeah. He says, fix your heart. Now, I like this here because really Israel's heart was longing for God. They had come to a place in their life. Hey, they had come to a place in their life when, when they realized the heart was the issue and they had drifted from God and they said, I just want him back. And Samuel comes here and he says to him, tell him, fix your heart. If, if you do return, this is the, that's the title of the message today, return. A heart to return. He said, if, 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 if you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts. There's going to be an evidence here of the returning of the Lord with all of their hearts. He said, if you're going to return, number two, number one, fix the heart. Number two, flush out the idols. Get out the idolatry. Why was there idolatry? Hey, let, let's do this. I let, me, let me take a minute to talk about idolatry this morning. Hey, I, I know in old times, I know in, in Bible days, I know in the Old Testament times, idolatry was a little easier to see. I mean, they carved their figurines. They made them out of silver. They made them out of gold. They carved them out of wood. When the Bible says they, they had groves up in the hills, that means they would cut down trees. And like you might see Indian totem poles, they would, they would cut trees and they'd carve uh, idols out of those trees. And they'd leave them up there in those groves. And they'd go up among those idols and they would worship. I mean, they were easy to see. They were easy to detect. Uh, they were physical objects. Watch that that replaced that replaced god so what is an idol well an idol is anything let me say it this way i wrote it down this way yeah is anything that is a means to an end when god is not the end it is a vehicle an idol is a vehicle that supplies what God wants to supply. That's, that's what it is. Can I tell you what Sherry said yesterday? 
I said, boy, that's good. I'm going to write that down. I'll give you credit. <laughs> Sherry says, well, it's kind of like whatever it is, so you don't have to need God. I said, wow, that's really good. I like that. It's really, an idol is just whatever, whatever it is, so that you don't need to need God. That is an idol. I think one of the clearest pictures of idolatry we see is in the Old Testament when Moses was bringing out the children of Israel out of Egypt and, 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 and Moses went to Pharaoh. God sent him into Pharaoh. And if you remember, there were ten, ten plagues. Some of you have noticed this, I'm sure you have. But every one of those plagues was an answer to an Egyptian god. The, the god Hapai, I don't know how to, sounds like Popeye, Hapai, I don't know how to pronounce these, right? It was the god of the Nile River. And what was one of the first plagues that came was the turning of the, of the river to blood. God said, well, there goes that idol. The, the, another, another god of Egypt was, was the Egyptian god of, of fertility and water and renewal. Listen to this. That, that god Heket, had the, the, it was an Egyptian goddess, had the head of a frog. And here you have the plague of the frogs. You can go up online and look at these photos of these gods they had, they had uh, illustrated. Uh, another Egyptian god of the earth, it was the god of the dust and of the earth. And here the lice came out of the dust. You have the Egyptian god of creation, of movement of the sun, of rebirth. And this, this Egyptian had, god, had the god had the head of a fly. And God sent flies, right? You have nut. I like that one. It's probably nut. But I like nut. It's like a nut. It's the goddess of the sky. Yeah. What did God rain from sky? He rained down hail. I'm telling you, you look at every one of these Egyptian gods from the sun god Ra. And when God darkened the, 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 darkened the sky for three days straight. Watch what was going on. Every, every one of these plagues was God taking away every one of their idols and showing him that I am God and you are not. I am God and you are not. I am God and you are not. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All the way up to the tenth plague, which was, you know, was the, at the Passover, that, that the firstborn of every living thing uh, in Egypt would die. Did you know that they believed that the Pharaoh was divine, that the Pharaoh was God, and what God was doing at that last plague was removing one last idol, Pharaoh himself. Watch, every one of them, God just wiped it away and wiped it away and wiped it away and wiped it away and wiped it away all the way up to Pharaoh. Watch this. So the only thing left was God himself. And you know what happened? They didn't want him. The Pharaoh didn't want him. I mean, could he deny at this time the God of heaven? Could he have denied that this God took out every God that we have and we had no answer to this God? I'm telling you, what a picture of idolatry. They, they had all of the replacements of God and even when God took every one of them out and God was the only one standing, they said, yeah, we don't want you either. They didn't want him. This is idolatry. This is idolatry. It is when, hey, listen, whether we realize it or not at times, it is, when, it, it, is, it is anything that is a means to an end when you don't want God to be the end. It's idolatry. 
Samuel says, hey, listen, if your, heart, if, if your heart's right and you have fixed the heart, you have acknowledged that God is right and you're wrong and your heart is away from God. Now you need to get rid of your idols. Get rid of your idols. Look at what else he says here. And Ashtoreth. Boy, I find that fascinating that he mentions specifically Ashtoreth. Astarte, it's also, called, it's also called the goddess of fertility, the goddess of prostitution, the, 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 the goddess of uh, uh, sexuality. Boy, if that isn't running rampant in our nation, the idolatry of instant gratification, of, 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 of sexual gratification, it's all over the place. Samuel told them, get rid of your idols and Astrith, probably the most powerful idol there is on the planet, is that idol right there of self realized in sexuality when somebody says I don't want God hey listen I don't want God's means to an end I want to be my own means to an end yeah so he said fix your heart he said flush out the idols look what he says number three follow God only you see this and prepare your hearts unto the Lord. Look at this. And serve Him only. And He'll deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. You don't know this, but battle was brewing here. While they were getting their hearts right, Satan was taking advantage. And a battle was brewing that God was going to take care of. And we see here in verse 4, though, Israel obeys. Their heart has already turned to God. They've admitted, we miss you, Lord. I miss you. Samuel says, okay, the only way you're going to get back, get rid of the idols. Okay, they got rid of the idols. And then finally, watch, once the idols are removed, worship returns. Once the idols are removed, worship returns. Samuel calls an assembly. Yep. Verse 4, Then children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtoreth and serve the Lord only. Amen. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and, we, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. So he called a church service. He called a special assembly. He called a tent meeting. He called a revival meeting. And he said, Come on up to Mizpah, and I'm going to pray for you here. Oh, over in Lamentations 2 and verse 19, you see this here. Uh, Samuel said, gather, look at verse 6. And, he, they, and they gathered gathered together at Mizpah, look at this, and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. They gathered water and poured all of it out unto the Lord. What are they saying? God, our entire heart is poured out unto thee. We pour everything out unto the Lamentations 2.19. Arise, the, uh, Jeremiah said, cry out in the night. At the beginning of the watches, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. And here's what they did. They poured it all out. They're saying, God, all of us, we've poured out all of our heart. It's all yours. It is absolutely, completely all yours. And then uh, uh, Israel repented in verse 6. Listen, they didn't go through therapy. They didn't go through this type of help or that type of help. They didn't sit down and try to figure out how they got there. It didn't matter. All that mattered was, I am away from you. I have been wrong. We have sinned. And now we're going to acknowledge it. God We've sinned. Boy, I tell you what, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that. It doesn't even say, say sorry. It just says confess. 
Admit it. What, your, what is repentance? Agreeing with what God says. I Listen, I was operating off some truth. God's truth come in and I said, my truth is wrong. I'm believing God's truth. That's repentance. This is what they did. They said, you're right. We're wrong. They just repented. And then look what Samuel did here finally in verse 6. He said, we have sinned against the Lord. And... Uh, and then, I'm sorry, let's go down into verse 7. When the Philistines heard children of Israel gathered in Mizpah, the Lord, the Philistines went up against Israel, and the children heard of it and were afraid. And they were afraid. Look at verse 9. And Samuel took a sucking lamb, a, suck, a sucking lamb, and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard him. And I tell you, some of your prayer life isn't right because the idolatry is in the way. And, conf- and a lack of confession is in the way. And you need to get right with God. God heard him. But you notice he burnt a lamb here. All of it. The, no, the priest didn't get any of it. The priest didn't get their portion. No, all of it went to God. It was a sacrifice. It was a burnt offering. And this is what they did. And God heard the prayer of Samuel. You know what? Joy came back. You know, as we, as we prepare for the Lord to bring revival in our life, I'm, I'm afraid that there are many hearts that are away from God. No, the church service is going on. The Ark of the Covenant is, is, is there, right? It's there, but there's something missing. Yeah. No, no, the, 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 the services are going on. The Bible readings may be going on. You might be singing the songs, right? But you're bored with it. You're bored with it. You're bored with assembling. You're bored with the preaching. You're bored with the singing. You're, you're bored with the giving. You're bored. It just, it's just like there's something blah. And if you were honest with yourself, and uh, you might be here in front of me today, or you might be watching online, and, it, and this is speaking to you specifically. But listen, you've come to the place maybe in your life where you have, listen, like Israel, the presence of God is there and the ark is there, but your heart is so far away. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was something that came in. Maybe it was some disappointment. Maybe it was some discouragement. Hey, maybe it was just plain old rotten sin that you allowed into your life. But whatever it is, your heart is away from God this morning. And something deep inside says, I want that back. I want the joy back. I want the closeness back. No, I'm busy. I even look busy for the Lord. But man, I'm a thousand miles away. And I just want him back. And maybe you here this morning... Verse 3, remember this? Samuel says, if you return, if you want to return, if you, if you want to be back where you used to be, right? you need to make sure you fix the heart. Do you notice here Israel wanted a fixed heart? They, they Listen, they wanted God back. Yeah. I was telling Sherry the, just the other day, listen, if we don't want to, I can't tell you what to do. That wanter has got to be there. I can't help you if you don't want to. Yeah. God's got more work to do on you. 
But if you're here this morning and you, you acknowledge, I know it, man, my heart is away. It's not like it used to be. I'm not saying people are in gross sin. I'm not saying that at all. But you just know when your heart veers away. You want back? Flush out the idols. Oh, I, I want back with God. We'll get rid of the idolatry. Well, what would that be? Well, whatever you have gone to to replace God. Whatever it is, whatever the vehicle it is that you have chosen to use, that you engage to supply a need that you think you have, that it should be supplied by God, but is actually now putting a wall between you and Him. Do you remember when Jesus came to that, was, was teaching and the rich young ruler came to him? Remember that guy came and he said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, Well, keep the commandments. And he says, Well, I've kept them all my whole life. Right? I've kept them from my youth up. He's saying, It seems like he was saying, From the very time I was able to understand and comprehend the, 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 the commandments, I was keeping them. Yeah. And Jesus said, well, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and follow me. Well, the Bible says what? That he walked away. He was sorrowful. You're right. Wife, for he had much things. No, he may have kept nine of the commandments, but the one thing that Jesus pointed out was he didn't keep, thou shalt not covet. I love how God gets to the heart. <laughs> breaks right through our facade. Breaks right through all of our righteousness that are as filthy rags, right? He gets right to the bottom of it. Paul said this over in Colossians. Covetousness is idolatry. Yeah. What, are you, what am I saying today? Hey, no, you have a heart for God. You have a heart to be back with God. You've been away and you know you've been away and you want it back. The next thing you've got to do, listen, is get rid of the idolatry out of your life. You, I know what you're saying. Would you just meddle for a little while and give me some examples? I would love to. Thank you. I was hoping, I was waiting for you to ask. Does it seem strange that somebody could give 20 bucks a month to missions and spend 150 bucks on a phone every month? $300 on a phone? Does it seem strange that somebody could uh, drop 5 bucks a month to send missionaries around the world and spend $150 a month on cable TV, whatever cable costs? Is that normal? I don't know what it costs. Is that right? 100 bucks? 50 bucks? Everybody's like, I don't, nobody's going to sign. I'm like, well, I don't have cable. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just, he told me to meddle and give you a few examples of some things to give us an idea of when things get out of kilter in our life with God. When, watch, when things take priority, like entertainment, that, is, that, that gets uh, beyond the place of what it should be in our life and it begins to replace, replace the joy that God is supposed to have in our life. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. What is worship? What is worship? It's when we show... The worth of something. Worth-ship, that old, old English word was. Worship includes time and energy and money. Yeah. Time, energy, and money. They reveal what we worship, right? They reveal what we worship. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, does, does it maybe does it maybe kind of give you a little a little idea of what to go on when we can spend literally, uh, you know, thirty five to forty hours on a phone or in front of a TV or in front of a computer outside of work, right? And get bored at three hours of church a week. I'm just trying to help. I'm, I'm a helper of your joy. That's what the Bible says. I'm a helper of your joy. Yeah. You don't think I've done a little cataloging of my own life on this? Yeah. That should make you feel better. Yeah. There's a lot of things that Sherry's not doing anymore. I tell you what. Yeah. It's a joke. You want back to God? You have a heart to go back? Listen, the Holy Spirit, listen, remove the idolatry out of your life. The Holy Spirit of God, listen, he'll tell you, you know what it is. I don't have to, I don't have to tell you all you're like, well, I wish you'd stopped a long time ago. Yeah. Just trying to get you thinking. When I was on a city council one time, I was in the chief of police office. We were talking and he was telling me about when he had gone through his divorce. He said, I don't know why, from any indication I have, this man wasn't a believer. And uh, he said, I don't know why, but I just put a, put, a, I put, a, put a sheet over my television for about a few months. I just had to get away from everything. He goes, after all, it is kind of an idol, isn't it? I mean, you kind of lay down in front of it, you get down in front of it. And I was like, Children of the world are wiser than the children. The children of the we're wiser than the children of God. The Bible says sometimes, yeah, can be absolutely, yeah. Get rid of the idolatry. Whatever it is, Paul said immediately, "I conferred not with flesh and blood." Holy Spirit of God brings it to your mind. Don't go ask somebody. Oh, what do you think of this? No, just do it. Just do it. Look at this, follow God only. You notice the order, it's the heart first, it's the idol second, and then worship shows back up again. And can I tell you what, when, you, when the heart's right, the, the idolatry, that won't be so hard. And the worship will be as natural as natural can be. You, don't have, you shouldn't have to work at worship, friend. If you're working at it, I, I'm, I'm struggling to believe that's it, that it's in spirit and in truth. Let me say it to you this way. Let me give you three other words. You ready? Repent, remove, and return. There you go. Like that. Repent, remove, and return. You want revival? You want revival in your life? You want to return to the days, and you know it. Hey, listen, if you're living in the greatest days you've ever lived in, praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for that. But not everybody is. But you know what the good news is? We can be. We can be. And we're preparing for not only just a tent meeting, a revival meeting on, uh, on the, in the middle of August out here, but we are pre- preparing for revival in our own individual hearts and lives. Can I tell you something? If we get this ahead of time before the meeting starts... Tell you what, it's going to be a good meeting. 
Because a part of the aspect of the meeting is an outreach into our city because there are scores upon scores in churches and all over the place dying and going to hell and they need the gospel. And I'm telling you what, if revival doesn't start here, it's not going to show up here and it's not going to show up in our city and it's not going to show up in our country and hence on into the world. So, well, well, we're in the end times. I mean, I'm telling you, we probably won't ever see revival across worldwide again. Okay, fine, maybe not. But why don't you just, you can have revival in your heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want revival? Our Father, I want to thank you today for such a simple pattern that you've given us. Starts with the heart. Get rid of the idolatry. Return to worship. Father, I pray you do that work in us this morning. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. The instrument is going to play in this time of invitation. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're standing. i got a couple questions to ask you. Can anybody... Nobody's looking around. Nobody's looking around. Can anybody be honest with themselves and honest with the Lord? And just say, you know what? I know, I know, I know. There's a distance in my heart from God. I know there has been. I'm not where I used to be and not where I have been in the past. I know it. Anybody like that this morning? Raise a hand. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Love honesty. God already knows anyway. (laughs) What a joy. Of those of you who raised a hand... How many could say this? You know what? But there is a longing in me. I just so desire to be back where I used to be. Anybody like that? Yeah. I want to return. I want to return. Can I tell you, you can today. And Maybe you need to get alone with the Lord right now at your chair, at your altar, at your place. And just say, Lord, I want this badly. I agree, you're right, I'm wrong. The things you've brought into my life, I haven't, underst- I haven't understood. I, maybe I've allowed bitterness to sink in. I, maybe I've allowed uh, you know, questions about you to sink in that I shouldn't have. And maybe this this morning you need to acknowledge before God, I trust you, you are God. You have allowed everything into my life and I'm going to trust you. And uh, I'm going to start the path. I want my heart back, back where it used to be. Maybe you get alone with the Lord this morning and ask Him, would you search me? Find any wicked way in me? Would you show me maybe the things that I've replaced you with that have put a distance between me and thee? And would you show me, oh God, would you show me those things that are idolatry in your eyes that are replacing you? Would you do that today? I'll tell you, you'll leave this place with the joy of the Lord. You'll leave this place with a trajectory of worship and returning unto the Lord. You might be here this morning, you've never been born again. So much of this doesn't make sense. Maybe you've heard it all, but you know in your heart you've never been saved. It doesn't matter how much you want to get your heart to a place that you can't. You can't until God changes it. And you need to be saved. Would you come this morning? If you're watching online, you can call, you can email, you can text. You need to be saved. 
take care of that today. God help us as we prepare, prepare for revival. And uh, nothing like walking in the joy of the Lord, I tell you what. And if, you're, if you haven't been there, praise the Lord, you can be back there in just a step or two. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. Good to see everybody out today. And, uh, and good to have all of our guests with us this morning. Uh, Brother Goodall, would you, would you close us on a word of prayer this morning?